a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. Hello and good afternoon, everyone. We're here for another special edition of Short Fuse. Uh, and it's special because Suma is in here and Johnny, I don't know where he's off to. He's on holiday somewhere. Um, but welcome to this special edition. Uh, it's going to be a short one, but hopefully a sweet one at that. Um, okay, so before we move on to the stories, uh, if you've been following us, you uh, already know we have been doing the letter of the week. And this week, the letter is T. So it should be on your screen, this side, yeah, here, uh, the wonderful gold tea to match the award show that's coming up, which I'll tell, talk about later. Um, so tea is the letter of the week, and I think we've got the final one next week, so do keep an eye out for that. Uh, so we'll move on to stories of the week now. I don't know why Tia is just giving me a massive grin. I'm not sure why. Um, so we'll move on to stories of the week, and this week it's uh, two of the stories are about uh, policy. So the first one is smart meters. Uh, so the installation of smart meters, uh, it's a report from the National Audit Office. Uh, so what it has found is, um, the, it says that the government is actually going to miss its 2020 smart meter target. Uh, so that is the target of installing the technology in every home and every business uh, across the UK. Uh, and that comes to a total of around 56 million smart meters. Uh, so for those of you who don't already know, I'm sure most of you might know uh, this by now, but, but smart meters are a technology that uh, replaces your traditional gas and electricity meters. Uh, so it records the energy usage uh, of your home or your business uh, and sends that to the supplier so it's expected to help bring an end to estimated bills uh, and hopefully in the long run also save consumers money um, on their energy bills. Uh, so another thing the report uh, found uh, was that the cost that the government estimates is actually uh, is likely to escalate going forward uh, because it says that BASE, which is the Department for Energy and Business and Industrial Strategy, uh, said that BASE underestimated the time it would take to implement the infrastructure for the smart meters uh, and also the technical standards for the second generation meters. Uh, so we've got the first generation and the second generation meters. Uh, so just to give you a bit of an overview of what, what this is, uh, so in 2012, uh, the government encouraged uh, energy suppliers to either uh, continue installing, so these are those suppliers who voluntarily uh, started installing these smart meters uh, in homes uh, or um, start installing smart meters, uh, but that was before the actual central infrastructure was built. Uh, so that central infrastructure um, allows people uh, allows uh, people to send that communication uh, of how much energy they've used, so gas and electricity, to their uh, suppliers. Uh, so that hadn't been built, but regardless of that, the government said, okay, you need to go ahead and start installing these smart meters. Um, but uh, the government actually initially had set a target to install these uh, smart meters by 2019. Uh, it pushed the date back to 2020. Um, so the supply started installing the first generation of meters. It's called SMETS-1. Um, and they were actually responsible for uh, their separate, own separate uh, communications infrastructure, so for the, sending that signal to the suppliers. Uh, but the issue, there was a big issue with this uh, first generation meters, and that was that uh, say you, um, you had in your home you, you got your energy supply to install a smart meter. 
so what happened was if you installed the first generation meter uh, and after a, a year of your contract coming to an end with a particular energy supplier, uh, you decided, okay, um, I'm spending too much, I can find a better deal, uh, and you switch your energy supplier. Uh, so what happened was when people switched to a different supply, that smart functionality of the meter no longer existed, which meant your meter wasn't smart anymore, and it went back to being a traditional meter. Uh, so that was a massive issue because it, it was during this time when um, Ofgem and the government was encouraging people to switch suppliers, to shop around the market for a better deal. Uh, so switching after having a smart meter installed, after having the first generation smart meter installed, uh, didn't seem like a very good idea. So, and I think that was one of the reasons that uh, maybe some customers were hesitant to install these smart technologies. Uh, so suppliers installed 12.5 million. Uh, this is according to statistics from the National Audit Office's report. Uh, so they installed 12.5 million of the first generation meters. Um, and that's in comparison to uh, the government's planned 5.4 million. Um, and that was because of the significant delays uh, for uh, implementing the second generation meters. So that's a huge, huge difference. Um, and that meant it pushed back, it kind of delayed uh, the second, the installation of the second smart meters, the second generation, which is now called SMETS2. Uh, and the first uh, rollout of the SMETS2 meters, or the uh, second generation meters, only started in July last year. Uh, and that is three years uh, later than what the government had initially planned. And that was obviously a huge setback already. Um, so the, what the NAO has said, the National Audit Office has said, is that this delay is actually putting pressure on uh, meeting the 2020 target. Like I said, the 50, uh, 56 million homes installing it across all these homes and businesses in the UK. Uh, so the government, uh, one of the things the government keeps saying is that uh, consumers will actually save money in the long run despite the costs of installing uh, the technology which consumers see on their bills. Uh, and uh, the NAO found that consumers are already facing or will already face uh, extra costs of at least 500 million pounds. And that's only until now uh, since uh, the report, until uh, the report uh, has set out. Um, but the government obviously is arguing that these costs will be offset by uh, the cost savings that industry and consumers will see in the long run in, on their bills. Uh, and Claire Perry, to quote her, she said, uh, we've said everyone will be offered a smart meter by the end of 2020 to reap these benefits and we will meet that commitment. And she says that millions of people have already chosen the, um, to install smart meters. They've already seen uh, savings on their bills. Uh, so it just seems like it's a long time coming. We've had consumer bodies like which uh, Citizens Advice, who have also warned uh, the government that uh, suppliers will fail to meet the 2020 target. Uh, and the government hasn't budged yet uh, on that target for the 2020 deadline. Uh, uh, I think Citizens Advice actually said push it by at least three years, so make that uh, end date 2023, and that will enable this, uh, the larger energy supplies to install more 
um, more smart meters. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that, see how that pans out. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Do send it over. You can tweet it to us uh, using the hashtag shortfuse, uh, and it's, uh, the Twitter handle is at energylivenews. Um, right, so I think that was a bit of a chunky one. I thought I'd just set that out there, give you um, some kind of background on what this smart meter installation is all about, and hopefully that's given you some information. Um, and like I said, if you've got any thoughts, any comments, feel free to send it over to us. And also you can use the uh, email, uh, which is stories at energylivenews.com. So we'll move on to the second story uh, of the week. Uh, and that is uh, a policy story from Ofchem, uh, which you might have already seen. It's uh, about Ofchem proposing tougher tests for uh, energy supplies. So new, new energy supplies wishing to enter the energy market. Uh, so what Ofchem has said that is that it um, wants these new energy supplies to pass uh, financial and customer service tests before um, it actually awards them with a license to operate uh, on the market. Uh, sorry if this chair is being really squeaky. I feel like it keeps making a lot of noise. Uh, so apologies for that. Um, uh, what uh, the, these new supplies will have to show is that they have sufficient funds and sufficient resources uh, to manage their business for at least 12 months uh, once they enter the market. Um, they will also need to provide a plan to meet customer service obligations, and that includes Ofgem's complaint handling standards. Uh, they'll also have to showcase that they can help uh, vulnerable customers uh, in their situations, so for fuel pure customers as well. Um, and a lot of the stories we've run also recently have showed that um, a lot of customers are now consumers are switching to uh, better deals and they're actually switching to smaller suppliers. So small or even medium sized suppliers from the big six companies. Um, and uh, we've got figures that reveals that a quarter of all customers in the UK are actually supplied by uh, either small or medium-sized energy suppliers. So they're moving from the big, large energy companies uh, because they found a better deal on the market. And it shows that there is competition in the market. But uh, we've also had instances where we've, we've run reports about um, these smaller suppliers or medium-sized suppliers having very poor, very bad customer service. So uh, this is what Ofgem, uh this is why Ofgem is actually planning to implement this to drive up standards in the industry. Uh, so this, their consultation is open until the 23rd of January 2019. Uh, so you have uh, the option of sending in your comments, your views uh, on what Ofgem has proposed. Uh, and this is expected to be put in place by spring next year, so spring 2019. Uh, so Ofgem, what it said was that this these uh, proposals, they provide a safety net for, supply, uh, for energy consumers uh, because a lot of energy supplies we've seen, I think we've had about, we had about six uh, until yesterday, they went bust this year. So over the last 12 months, we've seen um, six supplies go bust. Uh, extra energy we reported yesterday uh, ceased trading uh, and it had about 108,000 domestic suppliers and 21,000 business, uh, sorry, sorry, pardon me, that was domestic customers and 21,000 business customers um, and it, it was also rated I think twice for being uh, of providing very poor customer service uh, and that was one of the ratings was provided by Citizens Advice who looked across who looked at supplies across the industry and found that um, extra energy was one of the worst in the industry when it came to providing uh, good customer service. 
so customers uh, who were or are um, part of Extra Energy have been advised by Ofgem to not switch yet, uh, even because your supply is not going to be hampered. Your gas and electricity will continue to receive that as normal. Um, but what Ofgem is also asking you to do is to take a meter reading. So when uh, Ofgem will go through this process now of getting a new supplier, looking for a new supplier for these customers. Uh, so when once that's been uh, once these customers have been switched to the new supplier, uh, you can give in your meter reading so uh, they know how much money you've used, how much money you've got outstanding in your account, uh, and they'll also be able to give you uh, the outstanding amount back to uh, your new supplier. So customers uh, are advised to take that meter reading and only switch after you've been after this new supplier has been provided to you. So you can go on the market, have a look around. If you wish to uh, leave the new supply, you can, and you will be charged no exit fees. Uh, and as we were about to go live, we actually got an, uh, another news from Ofgem, uh, and we've got the seventh supplier this year uh, now sees trading, and that's Spark Energy. So it's a small supplier as well. Um, Ofgem uh, announced just, I think, about 15, 20 minutes ago that is that the supply has gone bust now. It will no longer be trading on the market, which means that uh, the customers of this supply, Spark Energy Supply uh, Limited, will also have to go through the same process. So um, don't switch yet, take a meter reading uh, and switch only after the new supply has been provided to you. Um, but we, I guess we will have to wait and see if uh, Ofgem's new uh, proposals are going to drive up standards. Hopefully it will drive up standards and not we won't see as many uh, supplies going bust uh, over the coming year. Uh, but hopefully also, I think one of the main concerns is that um, seeing, uh, reading about this on the news, I think it might discourage some suppliers from switching to uh, a smaller or a medium-sized customer because they might think, hang on, there's all these custom uh, suppliers going bust. I have never heard of this. I'm not going to switch to this company even though they're offering me a better deal. Uh, and I'm going to stick to the big six companies regardless of whether I'm having to pay a few hundred pounds extra. Uh, so hopefully that's, that's not going to happen and we will continue to see that competition in the market. Um, and yeah, so let us know what you think of Ofgem's proposals as well. Um, we're always writing response stories to these big uh, regulatory announcements. So uh, do send it over to us and we usually try to um, put one out straight after we write the the main story so uh, do keep that in mind and send it over to us um, and finally I think this is I wanted to save this for the last because um, I think it's been quite heavy the two stories already so uh, the next story is all about Christmas and you might think Christmas is early um, Tia is smiling because she thinks it's not time for Christmas yet to be talking about Christmas and she's shaking her head um, but it's but Christmas is round the corner. You've got Black Friday today. I'm sure a lot of you might be going out shopping uh, for your the, the presents uh, for this Christmas. Um, but it's also, which I'd never heard of before, it's what is called Stir Up Sunday. So it's called Stir Up Sunday, and it's this weekend, which is, is this Sunday. Uh, and apparently I found out as I was writing this story, and I did ask Tia about it because I thought she would know. Uh, she loves Christmas. <laughs> um, so apparently the Stir Up Sunday is a tradition of families getting together to stir up the pudding uh, 
um, and that's usually about four, around four weeks prior to uh, the Christmas Day, which was, which I thought initially when I read about it, I thought was strange. Like, who would mix up the batter for the cake, for the pudding, like four hours in advance? Uh, oh, so four, four hours? No, four weeks in advance. Um, and apparently, uh, is it, what did you say, Tia? It was because so it's it's set it's set nicely. It tastes better, uh, is it? It's just tastes nicer over okay. time. Okay. Okay. Apparently, it tastes nicer over time. I'm sure some of you might already know this. Um, yeah. So four weeks before Christmas. So it's stir up Sunday this week. You might be wondering why am I talking about Christmas? Why am I talking about Christmas pudding? Why am I talking about stir up Sunday? But it, this is because. UK Power Networks or UKPN, which is uh, an electricity distribution uh, network company, uh, it says that it has actually connected enough renewable energy to its network to power the steaming uh, of 4.5 million puddings a year. Uh, so you could part have a partly green Christmas maybe if you uh, are whipping up the, the Christmas pudding. Uh, so that uh, so it has actually ha it's it's got solar panels, wind turbines connected to the network, uh, and that's expected to produce around 4.5 gigawatt of power, uh, and it says that's equivalent to 1.5 Hinkley Point C nuclear power stations. So that's a lot of power uh, for your Christmas pudding for this weekend. Um, obviously, for those they've got this for those of you who wish to skip that whole making the Christmas pudding process at home uh, and you want to buy it in store, uh, you've actually also got green, enough green power uh, that's connected to the UKPN's network to microwave 144 million puddings. So you might say that's a sweet treat, but we've got one even sweeter coming up because it's the Energy Life Personality Awards. And we've got under two weeks to go. It's on the 6th of December. Uh, as you can see behind me, or this way, uh, that's the shots from last, week, uh, last year's uh, ELPA, Energy Life Personality Awards at the uh, London Film Museum. But this year, the boat is back by popular demand. Uh, it's the Silver Sturgeon. We'll take you around the River Thames for a cruise. Uh, we'll have all the winners will be announced. We'll have an award ceremony. We'll have drinks. We'll have dinner. Um, you name it. It's going to be one fun night. Uh, and if you want any tickets, you can uh, still buy your tickets and you can email tickets at energylivenews.com. Um, so and finally, uh, it's T-shirt day today, apparently. We try to bring this every, every Friday if we find out what day it is. And apparently it's T-shirt day. And as you can see, the guy's putting on all his favorite T-shirts. <laughs> and getting bigger and bigger as we speak. Uh, so for those of you podcasters listening, um, there's basically a guy on screen, it's a GIF, and uh, he's just putting on loads of T-shirts. Yeah, so different colored T-shirts. Um, to, be, to be honest, I'm not really sure what this is all about, what the T-shirt day is about. Uh, maybe you can get your favorite T-shirt out of your closet, wear it today. I don't know if Tia, have you worn your favorite T-shirt? She's wearing a hoodie, a yellow hoodie, so maybe not. Robert, is that your favorite T-shirt? No. Nope. No, so Robert's not wearing his favorite T-shirt either. So I'm not sure what this is about. Or maybe if you don't want to wear your favorite T-shirt, maybe you can recycle your favorite T-shirt to be more environmentally friendly. Um, but uh, I've actually got two facts uh, for those of you interested, because I thought, how can I make this energy related? How can I make this a little bit interesting? 
if it could be interesting. Um, apparently, the production of one T-shirt uses around 700 gallons of water. Uh, and to produce the cotton needed for just one cotton T-shirt, uh, that could use uh, up to 2,700 liters of water. So that seems like a lot of water being used for all the T-shirts that's gener uh, produced in a year. Um, and I think that is it for today. I hope you had, uh, you enjoyed this session today, short few segment. Um, didn't have any specials, no sume. I uh, didn't have any special interviews. Try to keep it short and hopefully it was sweet as well for you, uh, obviously with the Christmas and the Alpa. Um, and I think I should stop there. Uh, but thank you all for joining in uh, and to all the podcasters for listening in. Uh, if you have any stories for us, uh, like we always say, if you've got any interesting stories about your business implementing new technology, which has helped you save costs, uh, helped you save on your energy bills, and you've reduced emissions as a result, or if it's something you're doing um, energy efficiently, uh, sustainably, um, reducing your environmental footprint, we're always interested in those kind of stories and any new tech coming up as well. Um, also, if you want us to come and film uh, at your um, facility or anything, uh, you have anything that's interesting, we can film, interview people. Uh, you can send an email to us at stories at energylivenews.com uh, and hopefully we can set that up in the next couple of weeks, or maybe not in the next couple of weeks, but maybe in the new year. Uh, but we will be back again every Friday. So next Friday, we're back again at 4 p.m. So I hope to see you then. Take care. Bye-bye.